Welcome to Trawler Talk, the podcast for trawler nuts and long-range cruising enthusiasts. I'm your host, Andrew Parkinson. This episode is brought to you by Outer Reef Yachts. As a leading manufacturer of award-winning long-range motor yachts, Outer Reef specializes in building robust blue water yachts offering luxury, efficiency, safety, and technological ingenuity. With boats ranging from 58 to 115 feet, Outer Reef has the perfect model to suit any cruising lifestyle. To learn more, visit OuterReefYachts.com. That's OuterReefYachts.com. Hey guys, Andrew Parkinson here, Editor-in-Chief of Passage Maker Magazine and PassageMaker.com. And you're listening to another episode of Trawler Talk on Passage Maker Radio. Today, we're going to talk about big boat docking and the strategies, tools, and techniques you can employ to make it a lot easier and less stressful. Now, contrary to common belief, the degree of difficulty in docking a boat does not necessarily increase with the size of the boat. In his latest column, veteran cruiser and passage maker boat handling expert Bob Arrington writes that handling a larger boat in close quarters is in fact no more difficult than handling a smaller one, saying that the larger boat just requires a different strategy, one that focuses on two particular challenges, and those are communications and sight lines. Joining us on the podcast today to break it all down for us is Bob Arrington himself. Hello, Bob. Welcome to Trawler Talk. Thank you, Andrew. It's a pleasure to be with you. Great. Well, let's let's get started. And uh, when it comes to docking a bigger boat, you say, really, there's no reason to panic. It just requires a different strategy. As an example, between your 22-foot Sea Dory and your 54-foot Ocean Alexander, when it comes to docking each of them, you say you need to address two specific challenges. So A, what's the strategy? And B, can you tell us more about addressing those two specific challenges? Docking our Sea Dory is easy because I can see every point on the boat from the helm. The boat is small enough that my wife, Dory, and I can easily communicate with each other without raising our voices. Neither of those situations exists on our trawler. I can't see the stern or sides of the boat from the pilot house, and we can't hear each other if she's in the cockpit or, or even at the bow when I'm at the helm. It may vary from boat to boat, but finding a way to solve the problem of communication and sight lines makes handling a a larger boat in close quarters no more difficult than a small one. We solve both problems by using wireless headsets when docking. Okay, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about the communication side of that. What value do headsets bring into the docking equation, and should we really call them marriage savers? With the headsets, we can speak with each other easily no matter where dory is on the boat and and she becomes my eyes out on deck telling me exactly where the boat is relative to the pier or pilings one day recently we had neglected to charge the batteries in our headsets and they died just when we started to dock at a marina dory was out on deck and i was backing into a slip i tried asking her how close we were to the pier I had to yell the same questions three times for her to hear and understand what I was asking. Likewise, she was having trouble telling me to move the boat to starboard about a foot as I was backing in. We got in okay, but not without some stress that wouldn't have existed had our headsets been working. So needless to say, now we both make sure we keep them fully charged all the time. I can can imagine. And there's a lot of headsets out there on the market. Any particular style or type that you would recommend? There are two ones commonly used 
One set wraps around the back of your head. Uh, the other wraps over the top of your head. One set has maybe better sound quality. The other is more secure. And so it really becomes sort of a personal preference, which you find more comfortable. We like the lighter weight style that wraps around the back of our heads. It makes it easy for us to, to keep a hat on when we're outside or to wear our sunglasses. And we don't feel like when we're bending over the railing to hang a fender or, or grab a line that they're going to fall off our head. So we, we find the lighter weight that wrap around the back of our head more comfortable. And when you're talking about giving directions while you're communicating via headset, you mentioned in your column, given with actionable information. Can you unpack that a little bit and tell us what do you mean by actionable information? Sure. When we first started and we were learning ourselves, uh, without, uh, without clear instructions, it's, it's not uncommon to say, you're too close over here or move away a little bit. Well, a way to her may be different than a way to me or you're too, I don't know what too close is. And so we've become very comfortable with each other now with specific information. So she will say, move to starboard two feet. So it doesn't matter which direction either of us is facing. The starboard side of the boat is the starboard side of the boat. Mm -hmm. And so it makes it very simple for uh, us, for me to know where the boat is if we're approaching the pier and she says, you're five feet off, you're three feet off, you're two feet, touch, you've landed. And so, so that very clear precise information being communicated leaves no room for uh, subjectivity or what is her left or my right. And the way you speak and the way you give that actionable information matters too, right? It sure does. Docking, handling in close quarters in general, but, but really those last few moments when you're close to the pier, you're close to other boats, well, that becomes really vacuum-packed, and, and everything is tense there for a moment. The more relaxed you can keep everyone on the boat, the safer the situation is. And so, you know, I may be approaching the pier faster than she wants, or I should be, or we may be getting close. But if she can say in a calm, relaxed voice, you may want to slow down a little bit right now, or you're you're getting close. You're two feet. You're one foot, as opposed to stop, stop. You're getting too close. Right. That that, that raising of the voice and inflection now might cause me to overreact, or it stresses me, and that's a well, that's a downward spiral. You'll both end up in. And we've all been there. Sure. I was on the back of the boat this morning. We're in Annapolis right now. I was on the back of the boat this morning and I heard forward, forward, stop, stop, forward. Sure enough, a boat was approaching and everyone on the back of the boat was yelling mm -hmm. to the helms person to, to stop the boat. It happens all the time. Mm -hmm. So communication is one part of the equation. The other part of the equation is sight lines, right? We're seeing more and more boats now with multiple helms, wing stations, even these remote control devices. How do those help? And what, if any, are the limitations of those systems? Maybe we can start with wing stations. Well, you know, in theory, moving the helmsman to where they can see the stern or side of the boat 
certainly would make it easier to come along the side of a pier or, or to back into a, a slip. But but you have to remember that it still leaves a large portion of the boat out of your sight. And and I've also seen where they they have the potential to make docking more troublesome. I watched a boat back into a slip recently and the, the captain moved from the helm to the aft cockpit station uh, in the boat. And the first risk in doing that is there's a moment where you're not at either station. And so if you're if you're moving to the aft cockpit station, um, you, you're, you're out of control for a moment. He hadn't completely finished pivoting the boat to line up with the slip. Now, from his aft position, he could see the stern just fine. But now he had no idea where the bow was. Right. So he he lightly clipped the bow pulpit of the boat across the fairway as he was finishing his pivot. Now, it because he, he really couldn't see the front of the boat anymore. To make matters worse, his mate was in the back of the boat with him. You, you asked about the side station. You know, a side station is um, is very helpful if you're coming along the side of a pier or you're even pulling away from a pier. I watched a, I watched a captain on a large yacht move away from a pier recently. He was out on the wing station. He was looking all along the pier where his crewmates were handling lines and, and fenders. And a boat was coming up along the outside that he didn't see as he was moving away from the pier. The boat laid on their horn and he stopped things for a moment. But we tend to become hyper-focused on the area in front of us when we're using one of those remote stations and we lose sight or track of where the rest of the boat is. So they're really helpful. You just have to be mindful to be aware of what's going on with the rest of the boat or make sure you have a mate with you that's on that other side of the boat communicating for you. Or talk about remote control docking. And, and remote control docking can can alleviate some of that. So if you're if you're along a side tie and you want to pull away, you're 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 helping your mate with lines or fenders along that side tie while you're controlling the boat. We do this on our boat. I'm up in I'm behind the Portuguese bridge. I make sure everything is good along the pier when we're backing away, and then I just step across the Portuguese bridge for a moment to make sure the fairway is clear when we're moving away from the pier. So I have the flexibility to move around the boat with that docking, that dock mate in my hand, and it makes it much easier uh, for me to know what's going on with, uh, in other places on the boat. So you're a fan? I'm a fan of the remote docking stations, yeah. Uh, and we put one on the boat not long ago, and. I always thought I didn't need it. I, I sort of viewed them as a, as a solution looking to, for a problem. But the more I use it, the more I love it. And the, the safer I think it makes us uh, handling the boat. As you said in your column, in many cases, docking a larger boat can actually be easier than docking a small one. Why is that? Well, Andrew, larger, heavier boats tend to be more stable at rest. At almost 100,000 pounds, it takes quite a bit to move our trawler. Due to its weight, I can bring it to a stop near a pier and take a moment to assess the situation and conditions. If I tried that on a smaller, lighter weight boat, it would be blown around in the slightest wind. 
So in this regard, the larger, heavier boat is actually easier to handle. What other factors, especially if you're cruising as a couple or as a family with maybe smaller children, what factors should be considered and what other docking advice might you give to someone who has recently gone up in boat size or, or might be considering doing that in the future? Well, whether cruising as a couple or if you're lucky enough to have family or friends with you, remember, everyone needs a specific assignment in the docking process. This should be the case for any size boat, but especially as the boats get larger. Make sure to familiarize yourself with the conditions you'll be encountering, whether it's an arrival or departure. You know, discuss ahead of time the exact role each person will play in the process. If you have friends or family with you, the additional assistance can be helpful, but only if that nature of the help is clearly defined. You don't want someone getting in your way trying to help while you're handling a line or a fender. Sometimes the best way for your family or friends to help is for them to just stay seated and out of the way. But regardless, remember to relax, take a deep breath uh, beforehand, and, and have confidence in your ability. Well, thanks a lot, Bob. That's all really great info. And to, to me, the takeaway is handling any size boat, whether it's 22 feet or 62 feet, can be relatively stress-free. If you address the dual challenges of communication and sight lines, docking suddenly becomes a whole lot easier. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today, Bob. I learned a lot today. I hope our listeners did too. Well, thank you, Andrew, for having me. I appreciate it. Once again, this episode of Trawler Talk was brought to you by Outer Reef Yachts leading manufacturer of award-winning long-range motor yachts. When you think Outer Reef Yachts, think luxury, efficiency, safety, fun, peace of mind. That's what you get with any adventure aboard an Outer Reef Yacht. For more info, visit OuterReefYachts.com. That's OuterReefYachts.com. And remember, you can catch Bob's column in the July-August 2021 issue of Passage Maker Magazine. If you hurry, you can grab one on the newsstand. And if you're not already a subscriber, I invite you to do so. It's super easy. Just go to PassageMaker.com slash subscribe. Once again, I want to thank our good friend and boat handling expert, Bob Arrington, for taking the time to join us and educate us today. Thanks to you all for listening. And if you like what you heard, don't forget to hit that five-star rating and leave us a comment in the feedback field below. Stay tuned for more episodes of Trawler Talk coming your way soon. And remember, for all your cruising needs, get your daily dose of Trawler's End at PassageMaker.com. For Trawler Talk and Passage Maker Magazine, I'm Andrew Parkinson.